Welcome to the archives of Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. I had the good fortune of seeing a movie that was put together by Jane Goodall. The title of the movie is If Animals Could Talk. One of the sections was about the McLaren Training School for Boys near Portland, Oregon, and how the boys who were incarcerated for serious criminal offenses had an opportunity to train dogs, develop relationships with those dogs, develop responsibility, patience, and respect for other living creatures. The part that drew my attention originally to this interview was the fact that there is a zero recidivism rate among the juvenile inmates who spend time training dogs. Joan Dalton is the founder and executive director of Project Pooch, and we visited with her by phone on February 15, 2010. We began our conversation when I asked her to tell us what drew her to developing Project Pooch, and later on in our conversation, what is the project, how does it work, and what are the results? Joan Dalton, welcome to Radio Curious. Thank you. So, as the founder of Project Pooch, um, Tell us what prompted you to organize the program. And maybe in your answer, you could include a little bit about what Project Pooch is. Well, it all started when I worked in New York, and I saw all of these apartment dwellers with dogs. I paid the doorman a dollar if he would get questionnaires to these dog owners. And basically what I was asking was, why do you have a dog in the city, and what do you learn from your dog? And I didn't know why I was doing this, but I was just curious. And I put the research away, and then I returned to Portland, and I was a school administrator. And I ended up at the correctional facility for juveniles in the state of Oregon. And I saw many, many youth had not been in school for years. They were high school dropouts. They didn't have basic skills. They hated school. So I was trying to think of what way could I hook them into learning. So I had all of those surveys from New York analyzed. People said they learned from their pet responsibility, patience, and compassion for all life. I wanted to hook these young boys into working with dogs to get some school credit. So they would work with the dogs, and they would keep journals, so they got communication credit, and they also got communication credit for learning to listen to their dog's body language. Uh, They got careers credit. They got work experience credit. I called it Project POOCH, and POOCH is an acronym for Positive Opportunities, Obvious Change with Hounds. Can you describe what McLaren is? Well, McLaren is the most secure correctional facility for juveniles in the state of Oregon. It's just boys. Well, Joan Dalton, what did the youth who are incarcerated at McLaren do to get there? 
There can be assault, various levels of robbery, sex offenses, manslaughter, and murder. There are some youth locked up at McLaren, and we do not take them into the program. So tell us about Project Pooch at the McLaren Youth Correctional Facility, which is uh, operated by the state of Oregon. We're a nonprofit located on the state facility. What makes our program really unique from other programs at correctional facilities is we have an actual kennel on site, and we can house up to 16 dogs. And the kennel was built by the youth, so they're not only learning dog skills, but they're learning some other skills that they could apply to various trades. And the youth work seven days a week, at the kennel, we bring in professionals uh, to help them with dog training, uh, dog behavioral issues. A veterinarian comes once a month and checks over the dogs to make sure they're in good health, uh, usually gives a presentation. For example, don't let your dog run loose because it will be hit by a car and it could end up like this dog that you see up here on the screen. Joan Dalton, founder and executive director of Project Pooch, you speak of training of the dogs. How are the young people instructed to train? Well, first of all, we only use trainers to work with the youth who are certified by the Association of Pet Dog Trainers. Uh, We do not use uh, pinch collars. We do not use the choke chains. The training that we use is all humane, flat collar, clicker training, food motivation. And in the process of the youth training the dogs and trying to figure out what motivates the dog, they also learn about their own behavior and how to correct that. So we have a win-win here where the youth are working in changing the dog into being a good citizen. At the same time, the youth is working on his own behavioral issues to eventually go back into the community and be a good citizen. I was drawn to locating you and and having this conversation after having seen the Jane Goodall movie, If Animals Could Speak, that did have filming of some of the uh, young people and some of the dogs in Project Pooch. And we are talking with Joan Dalton, founder and executive director of Project Pooch. This is Radio Curious, and I'm Barry Vogel. Joan, the interesting part in the Jane Goodall movie was a mention that there's zero recidivism. In other words, the young people who go through the program don't have future problems with the law. Can you relate that to how the program is structured? I think structure is the key to it. It is very structured, and what we're always telling the youth is if we didn't care about you being successful, we would just kind of let you do whatever you wanted. It's structured so that what we're teaching them is a work ethic so when they leave the correctional facility, they won't hang around with people that are going to get them in trouble again. The structure says this is what an employer would expect. So we're always comparing what we're doing in Pooch to getting them ready to be successful in the job market. How do you do that? Well, one of the things that we do is bring in youth who've been in the program before because, you see, when they 
think about getting out of corrections, they think it's going to be easy. I'm going to be free. I'm going to get a job. It's going to be a good-paying job. You know, all these things that they dream of, they think they're automatically going to be there. But we bring back former pooch youth, and we have them speak to the youth about the difficulties they have getting when they get out. For example, I had lunch last week with a youth. He's been in a well-paying job. He's going to college. And now his parole officer tells him that he is to go to treatment one day a week for an entire year. So this youth has had to drop two of his classes so that he can take the required treatment classes. They don't think of those things before they get out, you know, and they try to solve them. Sometimes you can't solve them because in this case, the parole officer says the only time you can do treatment is on Fridays. And he tried to change his classes around, but he couldn't. So now he has an incomplete and hopefully, you know, he won't lose the tuition. But when that youth comes back and and tells the other youth, hey, man, you know what, I had to buy my own razor, my own shaving cream, my own soap, my own toilet paper, and you know how much that costs? You know, there are things that they don't think about when they're locked up. But when they have those youth who've been locked up coming back and telling them, it means a lot more to them than if, I relay the message. Training of the dogs that's done by the youth. Tell us about that. Well, I think the the most interesting thing about that to me is seeing their confidence grow as they realize that they can do something right and something that benefits them, the dog, and the person who adopts the dog. And they tend to be kind of unsure of themselves when they get their very first dog and they have to take the dog for a walk and not knowing the dog's um, body behavior or nonverbal communication and what it means. And so we have basic obedience training for the dogs to pass their canine good citizen test before they're adopted. But what happens sometimes is you've done the basic obedience but the dog's not responding. And so the youth needs to learn to take that dog to another level or just like everybody learns in a different modality, so it is with dogs. And he um, worked with uh, one of our trainers on uh, a technique beyond the basic obedience, and I walked that dog this weekend, and I couldn't believe it. It was a totally different dog. And to see this youth eyes light up when I told him what the trainer said about the success he was having with his dog. It meant so much to this youth because he had been told early on that he was never going to amount to anything. And now he's seeing that he can do something and he can be rewarded for it as well as the dog can be rewarded for it. You're telling us about the youth in some levels Uh, It's relating uh, to the dogs positive reinforcement uh, towards behavior modification. In teaching the dog uh, something beyond basic obedience, uh, what are those behaviors that the youth teach the dogs, and how is it done? I think 
one of the biggest things is, is the trust. First of all, we take dogs that are more difficult for the shelters to adopt. We will not take a dog that's real easy uh, for them to adopt because we want the youth to be able to have a project dog to work on and turn that dog's behavior around. And so one of the ways that they get dogs, a lot of dogs are afraid of men because they've been abused by men. And so here these dogs come into an environment where the, the males in Project Pooch are young men, you know, 22, 23 now, right in that age range. And so you get, we get a dog that doesn't like males, and so then they build a trust level by putting the food in their hand, their, fa- their hand is flat, they sit down on the level with the dog, and they'll even get in the dog run and sit and talk very quietly to their dogs. They nurture them much the way they themselves would have liked to have been nurtured as young children. When you say uh, they nurture them much the way they themselves would have liked to have been nurtured, are they given suggestions or directions on how to nurture the dog, similar to what would have been good for them? You know, the most difficult things with boys is um, undoing a lot of the way boys have been raised, not to show your feelings, it's not okay to cry, it's... um, not okay to be sad or depressed. You know, you're supposed to stuff it all. So it's not real easy to get these youth to express their feelings, um, but they will express them with a dog. And we just showed a documentary that was done on the program, and the youth were watching it, and you could just see how sad these youth were giving up their very first dog. And so there was one youth in the audience who was kind of laughing at the youth who was feeling sad because his dog was going. Um, And I had to pull him aside and tell him, you know, it's not okay to make fun of what people are feeling and they should be free to express their feelings. And so we set up that kind of environment there that it's okay to love on your dog. And when a dog leaves... I let the youth who trained that dog put the dog in the vehicle, and and I say, okay, say goodbye to your dog, and I turn away, and none of the other youth are there so that that youth feels comfortable in expressing his feelings to that dog, like saying goodbye, I hope you have a good life, um, because it's not something that most boys have grown up with, that it's okay to express your feelings. And I saw this with the youth who was kind of laughing during the documentary about the youth who was sad. And I noticed that when his mom came to visit and she was sitting on a bench with him and she started crying, he, didn't, he was nervous. He didn't know to put his arm around his mother or say, I'm sorry, Mom, um, it'll be okay. He did not know how to express to her um, that it was okay to have those feelings. He felt uncomfortable with her feelings. We are talking with Joan Dalton, founder and executive director of Project Pooch. This is Radio Curious, and I'm Barry Vogel. Is the concept of Project Pooch spreading to other uh, juvenile rehabilitation facilities? I get more calls for consult with uh, countries in 
outside the United States, um, I, I set up a program uh, in the juvenile facility in South Korea. And, I mean, Samsung was behind it, you know, financially. Um, and Japan and the U.K., in the United States, there are a lot of people from Humane Society or we've had a couple of lawyers wanting to do something to help youth once they're locked up instead of just incarcerating them. The difficult part of it, Barry, is your corrections folks because a lot of them do not want live creatures that they have to be responsible for. They worry about lawsuits of dog bites. Um, Who's going to take care of the dogs um, on weekends or you know, in our situation we're fully fenced but it used to be even on fog days I could only take out a couple of youth and and so every correctional facility in the United States has a different view on whether or not they want to add a program with dogs now it's much easier in the adult system because the person has the dog in a cell, and maybe they come out as a group to do dog training, but where ours are locked up in a kennel at night, they don't go back to the living units with the youth because the living units are dorm style. And you might have a youth on the living unit who would abuse a dog, so you can't risk that because we screen the youth before they come into the program. So we don't let any animal abusers in or bestiality sorts of things. But that seems to be the big issue with the U.S. But we have a mission. You know, we're using these dogs to teach youth to be responsible, to be patient, and compassion for all life. Why do you think that that is a friction, if you will, within the United States correctional facilities and is not in other countries? This is my personal opinion that other countries are really looking for ways to stop their juvenile crime. Our attitude in the United States seems to be lock them up and that's going to make them better. And you just make them more angry if you lock them up with nothing to help them grow and show independence or right decision-making. I mean, that's the other thing we do in Pooch is decision-making. There's very little room for an incarcerated juvenile to be making their own decisions. I mean, you have to go to school if you were a high school dropout. But even with the dogs, you know, I'm always saying to them, a lot of people choose a dog because it's cute. And a, a lot of people choose a mate because she's hot. I said, but what about the character? What's inside? Is that a good match? And trying to get them to look deeper in their decision-making and to look at the consequences if they make certain decisions. For example, we don't allow purebred pit bulls, purebred roddies, or purebred Dobermans, and now Corrections has added purebred German Shepherds, especially purebred Rottweilers and pit bulls because of the bad name they have when you have opposing gangs in a correctional facility, you can't have one gang member in Pooch walking around with a pit bull trying to intimidate. We're a nonprofit. 
we pay for everything, dog food, vet, youth uniforms. The only thing the Oregon Youth Authority pays for is one staff five days a week. Pooch, the nonprofit, pays for somebody the other two days in the week. And, of course, our electricity and our water. So we're always having to work with corrections. And I think in the United States there's a general culture in corrections that you tighten up versus loosen up. You speak of evaluating the character of uh, partners, friends, mates, and so forth. Do you get into discussions with the youth about this? We do. For example, you know, they see an attractive woman, either a photograph or maybe a visitor. And I said, but you know, she might be really high maintenance. Do you know what her credit score is, for example? You know, you're just getting out, and you're not going to have a lot of money, and you're going to have to build credit. Would you want to do all that work and maybe find out there's something about that person that's going to destroy your credibility? And also get to know a person. Spend time with them. Find out about their past. Do they have the same goals that you do? And I always tell them, if you're looking for someone, find someone who is looking for a future in the sense of maybe going to trade school, going on to college, trying to better herself or himself if it was a same-sex partner, rather than just going for the first person that shows they're interested in you. And the other thing that I talk about is don't get out and start making babies because you have enough to worry about trying to get your own self stabilized, to find a place to live, to pay your rent. So they need to look out for themselves first and not be hooking up with someone who doesn't have a job and says, guess what, I'm pregnant. I said, now not only do you have to take care of yourself, but you have two other people that are relying on you. Now, how is that going to help you get ahead? You talk with the youth about neutering and spaying the dogs. I presume that you would not present such a radical prospect for human birth control. No, i get in trouble for doing that. <laughs> How much do you talk about the practicalities of birth control? Well, what I do say to them is if you're going to have sex, have protective sex. Again, the whole decision-making thing that we do with choosing dogs is for every behavior, there's a consequence, negative or positive. You need to think about if you do have unprotected sex, what could be the possible consequences? And we talked about Tiger Woods. One of the youth said, well, everybody makes mistakes. And I said, well, did you think about his wife? What if he brings home something to her? And they just kind of like, oh, yeah, I never thought of that. Now, on the neutering and spaying, what has been interesting to me in the program has been early on, we had a female dog that we brought in, and she came in heat right away. And they were worried because they saw all this blood in the dog run. That was a good opportunity to talk about neutering and spaying, and it's a good thing she was with us because uh, she could get pregnant and add more puppies that might end up in the shelter. And, you know, the one thing that goes back to the nurturing and compassion that is always kept within me is their response when the dog comes back after being spayed, and they'll sit there in the dog run and pet her and just be so kind to her, like, oh, I know you're sick and you're not feeling well. 
Well, Joan Dalton, founder and executive director of Project Pooch, I want to thank you for being with us on Radio Curious. And I have a couple of questions. And one is, what would you like to do with the remainder of the one precious life that you have? Well, you know, I love what I do, and I'm very fortunate that I found my passion. So what I will do is expand Project Pooch into hopefully other correctional facilities, especially juvenile. And I'd like to have some space as a sanctuary for a couple of dogs that, as the youth say, they're lifers. And they're going to be very hard to adopt because they have maybe unpredictable behavior. Some place for them to go and live out their lives. And recently, have you had a eureka moment or where a, a flash of an idea or concepts came together for you? Well, I think the biggest one is the time a youth asked me if on visitation day his little three-year-old daughter could see his dog. And I said, sure. So she came over to meet his dog, and she went over and she gently petted the dog, and he said, good girl, good girl. And I thought, yes, it's transferred positive reinforcement that he learned to do with the dog. He's learned to do with his daughter. And finally, can you tell us about an interesting book that you've read lately? Well, I'll tell you, I always have two or three books going at the same time. <laughs> right now, I have two going that, that I really recommend for anyone wanting to understand at a deeper level children and animals. And it's a book by Dr. Frank Asconi. He's a professor at Utah State. And he is one of the first in developmental psychology who really got into exploring the roots of, of kindness and cruelty with children. And I highly recommend this. Uh, it has a lot of research in it to back up what he says, but it's, it's titled Children and Animals Exploring the Root of Kindness and Cruelty. And then I'm really enjoying this book, Rescue, Inc., I-N-K. It's about these 10 burly, tattooed guys out of New York, New Jersey area that they just go right in. They don't wait for animal control to take care of an issue. They see someone mistreating an animal. They go in and they talk to the people and sometimes they get them to give up the animals. Of course, a lot are pit bulls. But what I really like about the book, it shows 10 people that aren't afraid to live what they believe. They get out there and they take risks to save these animals and to educate people about the proper care. Because some people, they really don't know how to properly care for animals. So those are the two that I'm reading right now. Well, Joan Dalton, thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious. Barry, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Joan Dalton is the founder and executive director of Project Pooch. You may visit the Project Pooch website at www.pooch.org. The books that Joan Dalton recommends are Children and Animals, Exploring the Roots of Kindness and Cruelty by Frank Asione. A-S-C-I-O-N-E and Rescue, Inc. 
how 10 guys saved countless dogs and cats, 12 horses, 5 pigs, 1 duck, and a few turtles by Rescue Inc. and Denise Flame. Curious has over 600 archive editions on our website, radiocurious.org, with new editions published regularly. You may stream, download, subscribe to our podcast service, and share them as you wish. They're all free. We appreciate your thoughts, ideas, and comments about our programs and enjoy hearing from you. The email is curious at radiocurious.org. The phone is 707-462-6541. And the address is 280 North Oak Street, Ukiah, U-K-I-A-H, California, 95482. Christina Onestead and Yuko Kodama are the assistant producers. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.